It's the mystical flight of the arrow traveling downrange, searching for its next target. The thrill of chasing the elusive whitetail buck as it slips through the tall oaks. That encounter with a bull elk that is so close, you can feel its breath. The hair that stands up on your neck when you hear that long-bearded turkey gobble in the spring. It's our passion. It's our tradition. It's Backwoods Bow Hunter. And now, it's time to go full draw in the backwoods. What is up in the backwoods? Tim here in studio for Ruppalooza, November 19th. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope you've had much success in the deer woods this year. Um, the idea, if you haven't listened to Ruppalooza before, is this is an opportunity to follow along as we describe the ups and downs of a whitetail hunting season um, and share those experiences with you, the listener, in a real and honest way. I say real and honest because um, a lot of shows and meaning TV shows and podcasts. Um, you don't get too many of the downs you see, you know, you always see the stories or the the videos of the monster bucks that they've harvested, but you don't see a lot of the days and the effort and time that they've spent in the deer woods, uh, that lead up to that. So this is an opportunity to, to go over a lot of those, um, ups and downs of that whitetail season. And trust me, from my perspective, I have had a lot of downs this year. So um, I have been out getting after it a lot, and just things have not gone my way whatsoever. Um, as I this is the November nineteenth edition. However, as I record this, it's about a week later. Um, the rut has pretty much, for the most part, uh, ended here. Uh, there might be some late estrus does, um, some secondary rut stuff going on, but for the most part, it's it's wound down. So. Um, I'm going to be transitioning into a lot of feed pattern hunts, you know, trying to catch them as as they're moving to food um, for recovery. Mike is not in studio, but he is always in studio with us on the soundboard. I got a side job fetching balls. Yeah, so he is not here because he is at his side job fetching balls, apparently. So, oh, well, uh, we can still uh, we can still muddle through this without him. Right. So this is November 19th. If you're. um, haven't checked them out before. Uh, Rutpalooza is brought to you by JNS Scents. Always fresh, never frozen. Check out the Chill Pills, the Scrape Rage Gel, the Intruder Buck, and the list goes on. You can find them at jsscents.com or call Jeff um, at 618-614-4051. Uh, it's, again, 618-614-4051 and fill your order and he will get it out to you. So Saturday, November nineteenth. Now I had I had hunted uh, multiple other times before this date since we've last recorded a Ruppalooza. But like I said, the, my season has been so dull uh, there wasn't really much to jump on here and talk about. So I'm skipping ahead a few days um, for that reason. It's just been a, an odd year. Um, you know, the drought I think played a huge role in in not seeing this property that I'm on. I guess what I'm getting at we we've been here 12 years and have been very blessed to have just a, an amazing deer herd here year in and year out. It's a rare moment that I um, get out into the woods to hunt and not see deer. I mean, it's this we always do. Um, 
And this year there have been many occasions where I've sat there and watched nothing but squirrels. And it's just been an odd, odd year. Um, like I said, I don't know if the drought that we had and still have for that matter, um, uh, played a role in it or, you know, I know EHD and CWD have flared up and the, there's been some issues with that with the whitetail populations. So maybe that has something to do with it. Um, a combination thereof, um, I don't have the acorns that I once had, you know, I, I didn't even think about that until I recently talked to Tony, my friend Tony, and he was talking about that, that he's not having acorns fall like he, like he used to. And it got me thinking about it and I'm like, you know what, neither am I, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what, what the deal is, but it's, it's not boded well for me this whitetail season. I know there are a lot of people having awesome bow hunting seasons and, and kudos, man. I love it. Um, this not happening here. So, that brings me to my November 19th hunt where I thought things were going to change. Um, I got out to the stand that morning. It was, I don't know, shortly after 5 o'clock, 5.15, 5.20ish, somewhere in there. And uh, it was 19 degrees. Uh, according to my phone, 19 feels like 12. And it definitely felt 12. Um, now, while I was when I first started the hunt, we had a south wind of 4 miles per hour. So I'm like, no, no big deal. Not long into that hunt, maybe just shortly after the sun started to rise, um, that wind changed to a southwest wind of 14 miles per hour. So tree was rocking a little bit and um, got a little uncomfortable at times with some of those gusts, but powered through it. And uh, I was hunting. Usually this isn't my my morning, my morning, excuse me. This isn't usually my morning stand that I go to, but I... I uh, picked this stand based on the wind, and I started seeing deer. At 7.18 a.m., I saw deer. At 7.40 a.m., I saw deer. At 7.58 a.m., I saw deer. And at 8.15 a.m., I saw deer. So I thought things are going to be going uh, well today. This this might be the day that turns my season around. They weren't the deer that I was necessarily after. You know, like I said, I've got a couple of bucks that I've been chasing. Um in the next episode, I'm going to get into one that I just discovered through trail camera that I didn't know was even here, um, and it, he's a stud, but we'll get into that. You know, I had the encounter with my one of my target bucks, the the smaller of the two, but still had an encounter with him and um, actually drew back on him, and you've probably heard that story uh, be told already, so I won't dive back into that again, but, um, you know, it went in his favor and not mine. Um. So after 8.15, I didn't see any more that morning, um, but th- there was four different groups, you know, that I saw, and it was a combination of everything. There were young bucks and, and plenty of does, so I thought, this is a good day. Things are going well. I got down out of my tree, and um, I also told this story on our uh, one of our last full podcasts, full-length podcast. but I got down out of my tree, and about 20 yards-ish, 25 yards from my tree stand, I find a bed, of, and it's blood on it. So you can tell where a deer had bedded down and bled there. But based on the amount of blood, I pretty much believed that deer had died there. Um, however, it is possible, I guess, that it, it bled there for a while and then got up and went somewhere else. But I started following that track a little bit, <clears throat> and I followed that blood track back towards the south, which is where you know, the neighboring property to the south of me, um, they hunt back there. And I didn't know this at the time, but... Apparently, I don't know if it's new to this year or what, but they crossbow hunt now where they didn't used to. So used to, they only gun hunted. So they would only hunt the seven gun hunting days that we have in Illinois. Um, so I only had to deal with them for seven days. Well, now apparently they've got crossbows and they're crossbow hunting back there. So 
I later uh, went to the went to the gentleman's house who owns the property, and he wasn't home, but he called me back and um, talked to him about it. So, yeah, his son-in-law had killed a deer, and the deer ran over on me and expired 25 yards or so from my tree stand. So they came and recovered it, and so I I dropped a little friendly reminder that um, in the state of Illinois, you do have to ask permission, landowner permission, to cross onto somebody else's property to track a deer. Now, I would have 100% gave that permission. I'm not that guy, but, you know, at least notify me. I mean, I, uh, my, my family doesn't know you. What if they would have seen out, been out in the field or whatever and may have seen you coming through the woods? They don't know who you are. You know, what if I was hunting when you came and recovered your deer? I'm 20 yards away from you. You know, I mean, just it's a simple little text or a phone call to say, hey, this is what we've got, you know, solves all of those issues. Um, and, you know, as, as standard practice, uh, they, they literally only kill bucks and they don't care if they're yearlings or if they're Megatrons, but uh, it's a buck. And, so I asked him, you know, what did you shoot? And he goes, ah, it was just a small buck. Well, of course it was, you know. I, I don't understand, but whatever. Um, I went back out that that afternoon, <clears throat> and at this point in time, we went from 19 degrees, uh, felt like 12, to when I <laughs> when I got out there that afternoon, it was 43 degrees. So quite a quite a swing in temperature. Um, did say felt like 34. I don't know. To me, it felt like 43. I thought it was pretty warm and maybe it was because I'd hunted all morning in 19. I don't know, but, um, the wind was, was not good. It was a, a west wind of 17 miles per hour. So we had a, a pretty good steady wind going on. And so I get in my tree and, um, I I'd sit there and I see nothing, um, the whole evening. So as we're approaching that, that five o'clock hour where it starts to get darker, um, I it was probably, probably at this point, 10 till something like that, 10 or 15 till usually I sit there till five, five, 10, whatever, you know, just till it's dark. And I was getting frustrated because I'm like, why did I have the morning that I had where I see white tails everywhere? And now this evening I don't see anything just completely dead dull. So I got a little frustrated. So I got up out of my seat, grabbed my rope and I lowered my bow to the ground. <clears throat> well, Anytime you're lowering something to the ground and it hits the forest floor, it's going to make a sound. So my bow hits the ground and it makes a sound and I catch a flinch of movement off to my left. So what would have been behind my tree, you know, behind me, um, I look up and there's a doe standing there and I'm like, holy hell. So she, this is about the third time this year I've had deer get in on me and me not have a clue uh, that they're there. She was 20 yards at most behind my tree stand. You know, of course we did have the tree between me and her, but I had no clue she was there. She had no clue I was there. Um, that whole time I was lowering the boat to the ground, apparently she wasn't worried about anything or never even bothered to look until it hit the, the fourth floor, and then, you know, that got her attention. So now she's staring at me. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? I guess just stand here and wait a few minutes, and hopefully she'll just meander off. So as I'm contemplating my next move, I hear sound from behind me. So at this point, would have it would have been the direction that I was facing if I were actually sitting in my seat, you know, the the, the direction I'm initially hunting, you know. Um, so I turn around and look, and here comes another group of does. I think there were four, if I remember correctly, maybe three. And they're coming towards me. 
and I'm towards the creek that I'm sitting over. So I'm like, all right. Well, my options are to just sit here and let them move through and then eventually get down and, and head out. Or I can just run the risk of raising my bow back up. They may not like the movement and it blow them out of there, but the season that I've had so far, I don't know that I care. So that's kind of where I was at with it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to take the chance. I'm pulling my bow back up. So I start raising the bow back up again. Now I can still hear the does coming in behind me and I still hear them moving. So I don't know by the time I get the bow back up in the tree and turn around, I don't know where they're going to be. You know, I just know they're, they're moving. And this other doe is she hasn't moved at all. She's still standing there watching me. So I get the bow back up in the tree and I turn around and out of that group that the new group that came in, one of them is staring right at me and she's at most 12 yards, probably 10 yards from me. So she's, she's between me and the mock scrape and the Creek falls right in between there. And she's just on the other side of that Creek. So we're talking 10 or 12 yards. So I'm sitting there thinking about my next move from there. I'm like, okay, she just watched me raise my bow back up into the tree. If she is silly enough to just stare me down, then there's meat in the freezer. Let's do this. So I drew my bow back, but at this point in time, we are after the five o'clock hour. Okay. So it, we had, the dusk had moved in fairly quickly. So I drew back on her. I looked through my peep site into that site housing and onto her. And I felt, you know, 75, 80% sure, confident that I would hit where I wanted to hit um, by letting that arrow go. But there may be some criticism that comes my way from this, and that's okay. There was that that 20, 25% chance that I won't hit where I'm aiming, just based on the darkness, that made me lower it. I let the arrow down. I'm like, I'm just not going to... I, I felt confident that I would hit her and it would be a, a clean ethical kill. I had that confidence, but there was just that slight little inkling in me that said, man, what if your eyes playing tricks on you in this dusk, you know, and, and it doesn't hit where you want. And it's just a doe. And I, I don't mean it's just a doe. Like I take does for granted. It's not that it's, we have a, a lot of does on this property. Um, there's gonna, there's plenty of season left. Even though I mentioned earlier, I think the rut has pretty much wound down and is over. There is still a lot of bow season left. I mean, we we still have the whole month of December and half of January, so there are going to be other opportunities for does. So I'm like, it's just not worth it right here for that doe. So I lowered the arrow and um, I let them eventually work their way off. They the, that group of three went off towards food and um, the same direction they always go and. The other doe, she headed back towards my field where our pond's at, and I don't know where she went from there. So when I got down out of the tree and headed out, I never saw her again. But So, yeah, uh, I guess the moral of that story is don't uh, be too quick to put your bow on the ground, you know. Even though you haven't seen a dang thing, just uh, wait it out because you never know what's going to happen in the whitetail woods. And I'll repeat that. You never know what is going to happen in the whitetail woods. So, that's uh that's Rut Palooza from Saturday, November the nineteenth, and what a uh, what a day it was. So I'll be back uh, on here with another episode of Rut Palooza. I also have already recorded uh, an episode with my daughter, uh, put a tag on a doe. So we'll 
let her talk about that and get into that. And um, it was a fun recording. And that'll be coming up here soon, too. So check those out. Backwoods Bowhunter can be found at backwoodsbowhunter.com. Click on that shop link. Get you some Backwoods merch. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram at Backwoods Bowhunter Podcast. And I never post on Twitter, but if you happen to tweet, we're over there, too, at BWBH Podcast. Feel free to contact me via email at any time. I try to reply to every single one of them at backwoodsbowhunterpodcast at gmail.com. And in closing, y'all know what to do. Grab your bow, get after it, get those kids outdoors and away from the video games. And I will see you soon. Thanks for listening to another Backwoods Bowhunter episode. Didn't get enough? Climb down out of your tree stand and get ready for another epic episode next week. The Backwoods Boys will take you back downrange for more bow hunting content.